0: All right, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast, week one edition of the 2020 NFL season. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me everywhere at nonsense underscore Steve, joined as always by Mr. Neil Smith. Neil, how are we doing this evening?
1: Greetings, America, from the beautiful state of Colorado, which is simultaneously on fire and snowing. About as good as you're going to do, given those consequences. That's, that's the circumstances that I am in here today, folks, but we're doing it. We're doing the show anyway. Week one, baby. Let's do this.
0: That's like a a real life shack, icy hot commercial out there. It's nice. Fantastic.
1: It's a lot more like that meme of the dog in the house. That's on fire. that just keeps saying everything is fine. That's, that's actually kind of how I, that's how I've been internalizing it.
0: Well, I mean, this is week one, Neil. We talk about this every year. We will reiterate it once again, as usual. Don't get cute. Start your studs. You just, if, if you're listening to this, you're getting ready for the first week. You're you're ready for the NFL season to begin and your team to go out there. You drafted these players for a reason. Only in extremely rare injury-based scenarios are you taking a guy that you picked in the third or fourth round and putting him on your bench. So don't get cute. Don't don't bench your starting running back for James Robinson because he <laughs> did all the work. Yeah, don't don't do that. Don't, don't do that.
1: Don't, don't bench somebody demonstrably higher than Tariq Cohen on the depth chart. If David Montgomery sits, don't, don't do that. That's, that's just, that's the definition of getting cute. I know he's going to probably get all the work, but you, you likely have better options if you drafted properly. So there, don't worry about that. You're going to be fine.
0: Yeah. Just don't, don't overthink it here. It's week one. We can adjust. If you lose week one more often than not, it doesn't really matter. I got to nope, tell you it'll be fun. for a, a long season. So, yeah,
1: I mean, I read the trade column
0: and move forward.
1: I read the trade column for us and I I'm even the one telling people you really don't really want to be evaluating too many trades like week 4. You don't even really know what you have. So, it's one of those situations where you can do it now and if it's you know, a great offer, you can fleece somebody. Yeah, sure, by all go for it. But don't get cute. Don't trade away your whole team for James Robinson, for example. Like don't <laughs> don't don't do any well, of that.
0: Us constantly bringing up James Robinson brings up a great point. What we're going to talk about today is the fact that since our last podcast, since we kind of took last week off with the mock, uh, we've had some interesting running back news that has happened throughout the NFL that we have not personally been able to touch on. We've touched on it through the website and through Twitter and social media, but not in this platform. So first and foremost, we're going to kick it off with Leonard Fournette. Uh, He was cut of course, by Jacksonville on Monday. And I want to give just a special shout out to all the people on Twitter who wanted to dunk on me on Monday about Leonard Fournette being cut because I said he was a third round value because, you know, that was clearly wrong, right? That was obviously oh, totally obviously a miscalculation.
1: You should have known I'll- that he would have been cut two days before the roster's locked or
0: whatever. <laughs> you should have known that in May. <laughs> Well, we talked about this throughout the offseason is that people were fading Leonard Fournette, number one, because he's bad, right? He's just washed. And uh, first off, that's wrong. But second of all, they were also fading Leonard Fournette because the team is so terrible. And why would you think that the situation would get better for him? And then if he left the team or if he was on the outs with the team, like he'd get cut or traded and then it's a different situation. It's so hard to judge. How could you possibly trust it? You're talking about the third round here. Nobody was out here pounding the table saying, you got to take Leonard Fournette in the top 10. Nobody was out here saying, even in the top two rounds, he was in the third round. At that point, he's your at least RB2, maybe your RB3. I, I will give you this. If you listened to my advice, and you went with a wide receiver and wide receiver and ended up with Leonard Fournette as your RB1, you are probably in a rough spot, and I apologize because clearly this has ruined your entire season, having Leonard Fournette as your RB1 right now. But no, Leonard Fournette, we said it all year, was an efficient back last year. Yes, he got a lot of volume. Yes, he got a lot of opportunity, but he has in his entire career, with Jacksonville, and they've just been so terrible and so inefficient as a team that any situation he went to, literally any offensive situation he went to in the NFL, would be a better landing spot than where he was in Jacksonville. And here we are. He gets cut, and anybody could pick him up. And what were we saying while we we're waiting to find out where he would go? Was okay. Worst case scenario is he ends up as a handcuff and he's the best handcuff in the league, right? He's RB 36 on the board. He's just ahead of Tony Pollard. That's your worst case scenario. So now he ends up in a situation where he's, uh, it made it even better that I got to not only listen to all of this trash talk on Monday, but then two days later to flip it on these sad, Rojo Chuthers. Oh, <laughs> oh man.
1: Well, it's the Ooh, same the people. It's not mutually exclusive. Oh, no, by the way. It's
0: the same uh, people. Yeah, 100%. It's the same,
1: it's the same people. So it's funny because the argument had to have been he was going to do worse than the three rushing touchdowns that he did last year. All right. I doubt it, but okay. And just when he cleared waivers, that was the one interesting thing that we didn't touch on because I was actually pretty convinced he'd get waiver claims for a time there. And then he actually made it all the way through and signs with, and signs with the aforementioned Tampa Bay, just to completely cripple any value that Ronald Jones had left. Uh, just that's the end of that chapter. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, worst case scenario, he would have been RB 36, but we don't have to worry about that anymore. Where did you, where do you want to have him for the for rest of the season? If you're ranking as the let's be kind and call it the three headed monster, that is, uh, that is Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, and theoretically Keyshawn Vaughn with, with a sprinkling of LaShawn McCoy.
0: So we talked about this as well. Uh, so Leonard Fournette last year, mind you, everybody wants to talk about inefficient, that he's, that he's not very good running the ball. If you watch the tape, you can see that's obviously wrong. We've talked several times over about the fact that Leonard Fournette last year on average, yards before contact is 2.2. So the yards being blocked by the offensive line before the running back gets hit is 2.2 yards. And on average, each running back gets 2.2 yards after for a total of four yards, 4.4 yards per carry. Leonard Fournette last year, the Jags offensive line Giving him 1.4 yards before contact was Was dead last last in the NFL. Leonard Fournette himself, yards after contact, 3.0, which was second in the league behind only Derek Henry. That's it. Well, you would be Derek Henry and then Leonard Fournette. So he was highly efficient. In fact, if he was any worse than being the second best running back in the league last year, he would have had a terrible season because that line is so bad. So the, the Bucs line isn't much better, but they are still better because you can't get worse than what he had to deal with in Jacksonville. Plus now he's got Tom Brady, the be- easily the best quarterback he's ever dealt with. It's the best wide receiver core he's ever played with. Nobody saw more eight man boxes than Leonard Fournette last season. That certainly won't be the case now with that wide receiving core and Tom Brady throwing the ball. So Leonard Fournette's going to have a ton of lanes. We've talked about this. His floor to me, his floor is RB 24. That's his floor. His ceiling is top 10 when he becomes a three down back and he still has to learn the system. But as we have seen time and again, and blows my mind still as well. How many times have we seen it now, Neil, where they trade Kenyon Drake from Miami over to Arizona. And then that same week he puts up a 20. <laughs> Several the same trade Adrian Peterson to Arizona in 2018. And that same week he puts up a 20 plus performance. The dolphins trade Jay Ajayi to Philadelphia. And he puts up over a 15 for the Eagles. Uh, Tim Hightower signs with the Saints off of his couch and puts up a 20-point performance that weekend. I mean, we've seen this time and again where for a wide receiver, yes, they have to adjust to the pass blocking. They have to adjust to the routes they have to run. But for the running backs, it's just, here's the ball, go run. And as long as they can find the hole, they will have value. So Bruce Arians has already said, that it's going to basically be a 50-50 split between him and Rojo to begin the season, and then once he gets acclimated, it's going to basically be Leonard Fournette's entire job. The Rojo truthers are extremely sad, but that's just the reality of the situation. Shout
1: out to Dr. Dynasty.
0: I will say this. (laughs) We were were wrong about Keyshawn Vaughn. Yes. In the 11th or 12th round, I apologize that you wasted an 11th or 12th round pick. I still believe that he is a back-end round one rookie talent. I'm, I'm still good with that because running backs are hard to find, and they clearly hate Ronald Jones. Oh, yeah. The, Le, Sean McCoy is probably going to retire, and Leonard Fournette's only on a one-year deal. And they cut Wale, who we were also wrong on,
1: Yes. Sorry about that one. I am legitimately sorry. I am sorry about wasting your time.
0: But again, so who's left at that point, literally Keyshawn Vaughn is the only guy on the roster next year. <laughs> so yep. I mean, if you got him in your rookie draft, I'm fine stashing him in your dynasty league. That I feel like is still going to work out okay for you, but Redraft, yes, maybe you wasted an 11th or 12th round pick based on our advice. If you took Dara Wale, maybe you wasted a 15th or 16th round pick. I'm so sorry. If you listened to somebody about Rojo and wasted a 5th round pick, who are you coming at?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It's not Neil.
1: It's No, it's (laughs) not anybody here. here, Not on this show.
0: Because we told you to stay away from that like the plague. So, yeah, no.
1: If you've been following this show's advice, the Wednesday show, you will own zero show, shares of Ronald Jones and you can just <laughs> eat popcorn and watch everybody else go absolutely freak out on the internet about it for a week. It's unbelievable the amount of people that want to come at me about, what are you know about Ronald Jones is bad? Let me quote to you. This is what I wrote for the updated trade tables for week one. You're welcome. Went up this morning. This was my, my actual piece. I'll sum up. Neil, how can you have Leonard Fournette at 48 basis points? What about Ronald Jones? How could he be at like 16? Well, here's why. Because these are done with rest of season value in mind, folks. Leonard Fournette gets to stay at that 48 because at the end of the preseason, even with the trade, he's still being ranked by me as an RB2 because that's where he's going to end up, folks. And the other one that you might want, is actually still Keyshawn Vaughn because now at this point he has no value. So I'm sorry if you drafted him. I am sorry about that to a certain extent. That's why we also tell you to not draft until the last weekend, but that's a whole other thing. The uh the other the other thing I'll say is I still kind of want Keyshawn Vaughn, even for redraft for this season. Because what I'll close with is this is how I close the actual written piece. Go look it up on the trade table. Ronald Jones is gonna get benched in like week four after he misses an obvious pass block and Tom Brady gets his bell rung. That's it. Season's over. He'll be, he'll be sitting on the pine. That's part of the reason why they, they can't go with him all the time out there. They need people who can pass block. I'm not, I'm certainly not convinced LaShawn McCoy makes it the whole season. So that's also not one of the ones I want for me. There's two guys in Tampa Bay that I'd be looking to acquire and it's Fournette by somebody who's panicking. I've got him at 48 basis points, which people are coming at me for saying that's shocking. And I'm saying, no, it isn't because it's done with rest of the season in mind. That's how I can justify having Leonard Fournette as RB32 in my week one rankings, folks, and worth 48 basis points in a trade. You can go and get Leonard Fournette as a really solid buy low right now, just based on the internet and the people I'm talking to. A lot of salt. A lot of people who might be looking to get rid of that investment. I highly encourage you to go see if I can lowball underhand my way into a four net share right before week one starts tomorrow or later tonight, actually, depending on when you may be hearing this. And uh, I'm doing that. I'm doing that right away. And then for me, for maybe you can tell me if I'm crazy, are you running off to cut Keyshawn Vaughn off your team? I mean, it depends like, do you, do you have to, it, it's are depends. You to
0: wait? No, cause here's, here's the way it basically looks for me from my perspective. Uh, They're going to, they cut Dara Wale because they felt like Leonard Fournette. To me, that signified that Leonard Fournette is a three down back for them. Uh, Again, the idea was that they were keeping a Wale, who led all of their running backs last year in targets. He was going to be the third down back and Ronald Jones was going to end up splitting time on the front two uh, carries first and second down with LaShawn McCoy. While Keyshawn Vaughn played a lot of special teams and he's their kick and punt returner as of right now. So McCoy was going to work in as the splitting the change of pace stuff with Ronald Jones on the front two downs and splitting with Dara Wale as the pass catching back as long as his body would hold up, which we saw last year was the first 10 weeks. So now this season, they got rid of Dara Wale as soon as they brought in Leonard Fournette which again just signified to me they felt good enough about Fournette on the third downs that they could get rid of their third down only back. So everything I've seen, read, heard, everywhere is that McCoy is going to end up being the third down back for the first part of the year while Fournette still learns the playbook. Ronald Jones is going to end up being the backup running back on first and second down because he cannot catch and he's not good with the ball when he does catch. So he's very rarely going to see third-down action. And then once Fournette gets acclimated to the offense, he's going to be the primary three-down back. McCoy is going to be the veteran backup who fills in and change a pace. Ronald Jones slips to the third spot, and unless McCoy is just completely done at some point, which is possible, there is very little hope of Keyshawn Vaughn actually seen snaps on offense this year. It'll mainly be special teams. So for me, if I can have them for like literally nothing on the back end of my bench, if I've got a deep enough bench, I would hold them. But otherwise, you probably don't need them.
1: Yeah, so in a 10-team league, you probably can't afford it. There's too many better options that'll be available to you. 12-team, it's probably very boring. But if you're in a 16-team league, for example, no, I'm probably not rushing to cut him. Right. Because as we also know, and this is the whole supposition of this, in addition to all the other things that Steve just rattled off that Ronald Jones is bad at, come at me, Ronald Jones truthers. Bring what's left of your chutzpah over here. Because you, you've had a bad week. He's hideous in pass protection. That's something that we always talk Like He is so bad at pass pro that he's going to get somebody killed. And that cannot be when Tom Brady is your quarterback. It will not happen. They will not allow someone to injure Tom Brady because they can't get their their blocking assignments down. So that's the other thing that I think LaShawn McCoy brings to them. He's excellent at pass protection and catching the ball out of the backfield.
0: Yeah, LaShawn McCoy of the three is easily the best at pass protection. There's no question about that. Um the yeah the biggest thing is like for Fournette, he is slightly better but not much better. He's also not very good at pass protection. He's the thing better than Ronald Jones. <laughs> is talent alone. His ability to catch the ball and run with the ball is what puts him ahead of Ronald Jones. Do I, do I think at any point Leonard Fournette misses pass protection and gets benched? No. Do I think he misses pass protection? Yes, absolutely. I think he, he blows an assignment at some point for sure. And then maybe McCoy comes in for a few extra snaps than he normally would. but. I mean, that's it. Do I see if But to your point, if Ronald Jones misses an assignment, he's done. He's just cut. They're just going to cut him mid game. Yeah. He, he is on such a short leash. And I am so sick of the narrative as well. The idea that, oh, well, he was the established starter. They're talking about what a great offseason he was having. Why would Fournette just come in and be anything but the backup? Do, I, stop telling me <laughs> how much. The Buccaneers love Ronald Jones because if you look at Ronald Jones and how bad he has been, and then the Buccaneers are telling you, oh yeah, we love Ronald Jones. He's great. Draft Keyshawn Vaughn, sign LaShawn McCoy, sign Leonard Fournette. They have signed literally three different players to come in and replace Ronald Jones. Does that sound like a player that they love? They and also, can't give more touches.
1: They also retained Dare Agumba Dar- Dar- Agumbawale before the Leonard Fournette thing, which was also interesting because they didn't technically need him. He even though he was he was like all the way at the end of the death chart, you know what I mean? Like he, he was gonna be one of the first people to go. And that also tells you what they think of his past pro that they're going they'd rather have Dare Ag- all five foot nine of Dare Agumba Wale get out there and try. Like what looks like 190 pounds soaking wet. Rather than let Ronald Jones try and do it. Like get off my lawn with this argument.
0: This argument. Yeah, Ronald, Ronald but, Jones is not a play. Even as a backup, even as a handcuff, I'm telling you that if something happened and let's say Leonard Fournette goes down and all of a sudden he's out of the picture, right? What happens in that backfield? Ronald Jones and LaShawn McCoy split the work and they mix in Keyshawn Vaughn. Like it becomes a full on committee. There is a 0% chance Ronald Jones ever becomes a workhorse back for them ever. They hate Ronald Jones with a fiery passion, which means you should too. And that's just how it is.
1: Well, it's also people fall for that all the time. Don't listen to coaches. Don't listen to GMs. They're paid to
0: tell you lies of all people.
1: Yeah. Of all people do not listen to, to them. They have no incentive to tell you the truth and they never do. So it would be weird to have them actually tell you the truth because it would be the first time ever.
0: So Speaking of listening to coach speak, I brought up earlier Kenyon Drake getting traded last year, remember, to the Dolphins. And remember when we had this discussion how you and I were sick to the point of near vomiting because we were the guys who were in on Kenyon Drake in the preseason. They're like, oh, well, this is the year. He's finally going to do it.
1: That got off to a very bad start.
0: Horrible start. And then we got chastised because, oh, he's so terrible, he's so bad. And then he gets traded to Arizona, and all of a sudden he's a top 10 back. Go figure, who could have seen it coming? But Shocker. what happened last season? They basically benched Kenyon Drake. They weren't even using him. They were starting Kalen Bellage ahead of him. How'd that yep. go?
1: Go look up the Kalen Bellage numbers if you need a good yep. laugh.
0: Mark Walton, Miles Gaskin, oh, Patrick Laird. Like all these guys that they just car washed through there. And by the end of the season, their leading rusher was Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: That's right. Go win yourself a bar bet with that. that.
0: Neil's favorite stat from the off season. It's
1: the best stat from the off season. It's the only stat that mattered.
0: (laughs) But again, I bring it up and it's ironic because the 2019 dolphins are the 2020 Jags. It is full on tank mode They've gotten rid of their top, top 10 running back. So now that Fournette is gone, you've got James Robinson. Remember, they wanted to get rid of Fournette because they really liked what they saw from Raquel Armstead. And then all of a sudden, Armstead lost the backup job and it was going to be divine as and then a Zingbo wasn't doing as hot. Now, all of a sudden, James Robinson is listed as the starter on their week one depth chart. And oh, by the way, they still have Chris Thompson. Remember him? Because he was the one murdering Leonard Fournette's value. I definitely <laughs> remember that.
1: <laughs> uh, for all and, eight weeks. And now, for
0: for the big news, not that it's that breaking, but they signed the aforementioned Dar Gumbawale. to add yet another body and another mouth to feed into that offense. So as of right now, as of this recording, they have five, five, five running backs on their roster, and they plan to roster them all. So they are going to just car wash all of them through there at some point. They're going to take a look at everybody. You have no idea who's going to get the ball every week. I want zero part of this offense in any way. The only one that had a clear cut role was Chris Thompson. And then they signed Dara Bawale, who his only job is pass catching. So now they're going to split the third down job in half as well. And even before then with the whole third down job, Chris Thompson was RB 51 for me for the rest of the season.
1: I'd also like to go back to the site real quick. Remember one point. Remember also, 1.4 1.4 yards that line was able to muster for Leonard Fournette. Who do you yeah. suppose, and it's not better, folks. It's the same line. They didn't do anything.
0: It's worse. It's, it's worse.
1: It's going to be brutal. They might get 1.2 in terms of blocking. Who do you, who do you suppose, weekly, you want to hit your fantasy roster too that's going to be able to Leonard Fournette you, hit the three yards by himself of the names we've given you, folks? Nobody is the answer to that question. Chris Thompson had a, had a role. Uh, which was, which, you know, that actually made a certain amount of sense and he was going at the back end of drafts. And then today they just came in and snuffed out that candle of hope for you as well. So I agree with you. There's nothing you could feel good about. There's nothing you want. There's certainly, folks, just don't be this guy. I watched somebody in a league we we play in that we've mentioned periodically cut their handcuff to go add James Robinson. Don't do that. 1.4. Keep your handcuff. Right, you're gonna you're gonna want that handcuff back. Whatever handcuff you had is gonna be more valuable
0: one of my, than my favorite ones too. The Leonard Fournette stats. With everybody talking about Chris Thompson and him coming in and stealing away all the 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 work on passing downs, people seem to forget that. Yes, last year Leonard Fournette had 100 targets and 76 receptions. He had a monster season in the passing game. No one expected him to replicate that. The difference in his pass in Usage uh, was going to get made up for with touchdowns. You know, we all saw that coming. That's how we got to the numbers we got to. People, again, forget in 2017 and 2018, before last year, TJ Yeldon was their third down running back. TJ Yeldon led the backfield in targets, not Leonard Fournette. He wasn't used in the passing game basically at all. And even when they had a third down back whose only job was to be the third down back. Leonard Fournette, on average, on a sixteen-game pace, had forty-four receptions on fifty-six targets. So he was never going to just not get used in the passing game. I had somebody saying that Leonard Fournette's ceiling was thirty receptions.
1: Philip Lindsay number, wow!
0: I just, I, I just can't. I just, I just can't. I can't. Somebody said that Leonard Fournette in the Tampa Bay offense. Was going to be like Marlon Mack, Sony, Michelle, or Carlos Hyde. Just completely not used in the passing game. I, I, I just,
1: I, I just, just be smart. That statement be presupposes smarter. that LaShawn McCoy would be able to play 16 games fully healthy. Yay.
0: Or that they really believe that Ronald Jones is that great of a pass catcher. And he's not.
1: Which there's no evidence to support. That's just something that people tell themselves to be, to try and make them to talk themselves into their own argument for why drafting Ronald Jones is a good idea, which it isn't. And I'm so sorry. I
0: think if come to, to determine here is you avoid everybody in both situations unless it's Leonard Fournette and then it's bye, bye, bye. Got it. Got to get him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You go full backstreet, boys. Yeah. You buy, you <laughs> um, buy, bye, bye, Leonard Fournette. Right.
0: No one's going to fault you uh, not uh, knowing your and trivia. So while you go brush up on InSync trivia,
1: Oh, I'm old. That was 20 something it. years ago.
0: Our friends at monkey knife fight combine the fun and excitement of daily fantasy sports with Vegas style player prop bets for the ultimate weekly parlay.
1: That's right. And there are three ways for you to play stat shootout rapid fire and more or less
0: in stat shootout. You put together a two or three player team that'll accumulate the most of whatever stat type you've chosen to play, like touchdowns, total yards, receptions, etc. Then you choose one of the three target goals for that stat. If your team exceeds the chosen goal, then you win. And the higher the target goal that you choose, the more you can win.
1: So if I choose a three-man team for touchdowns, I can set the target at one and a half touchdowns to pay out one and a half times the entry fee or i can go big with a target of three and a half touchdowns to pay out 15 times the entry
0: i mean obviously you go big or you go home
1: obviously then there's rapid fire where you select your team by choosing the highest scoring player in multiple head-to-head matchups of statistical categories like who has more receptions this week michael thomas or julio jones each contest will tell you how many matchups you need to get right in order to win but again more risk, the higher the reward.
0: Sure, I mean, I only need to get two out of three matchups right to win one and a half times my entry. But if I can get five out of five, I'm looking at that 15 times payout again. You can buy me a lot of John o. Smith jerseys with that money, Neil.
1: You sure can. Finally, there's more or less, and this is your basic Vegas over-under. Depending on the contest, you'll be giving two to six players and their statistic targets for the game, like Cam Newton with 233 and a half passing yards against Miami. You have to decide if that player will get more or less than that target.
0: But just like the others, more or less increases the payout the more risk you take. However, it offers the highest return as well. So you can go two for two to get that basic one and a half times payout if that's what you want to play. But if you've got the nerve... You can attempt to go six for six and hit the 30 times payout. So many John New jerseys. Well, the only thing better than winning money
1: from Monkey Knife Fight is getting money from Monkey Knife Fight for free.
0: Oh, do love the free.
1: Just go to Monkey Knife Fight to sign up for a free account. When you make your first deposit, use promo code NONSENSE. That's promo code NONSENSE. And Monkey Knife Fight will match your deposit up to
0: $50. This is literally playing with house money, guys. So go to Monkey Knife Fight and use promo code NONSENSE, N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E, and get in on the action this weekend. All right, we're back. Who is the lead singer for InSync,
1: Neil? Uh... Definitely not Justin Timberlake because that's uh, I, I ended up back on the Backstreet Boys fan page. Don't judge me.
0: It was Nick Lachey All right. Oh, well. All right. So the other running back news was in Washington with the DC Riveras. Uh, after all of this Fournette nonsense happened, they cut Adrian Peterson. So the veteran running back goes away. He ends up signing in Detroit with the Lions, whose backfield has been beat up this offseason. Stop me if you've heard that before. So first, let's talk about the impact on the Riveras. That's the immediate one. We talked about all offseason, basically, how there was just so many guys. Just too many people there. Well, Darius Geis worked himself out of the league. Good job.
1: Yeah, he sure did. Adrian
0: Peterson now gets cut at the last minute, and suddenly the picture gets a little bit clearer. So we have Bryce Love. We still have Peyton Barber. J.D. McKissick is listed as the week one starter, but Ron Rivera has said that it's going to be a committee and everybody's darling is rookie Antonio Gibson. So what is your take on how this backfield is shaken out now?
1: Well, it's got a lot more, it's become a lot more attractive. So it's funny because even a week ago, we would have been saying, well, Adrian Peterson suddenly has to move up draft boards because he's just, they're going to, they're going to repeat 2019. They're just going to force feed him the ball and take what little tread is left off those tires completely, it looks like, and that's what it's going to be. And then someone will catch passes, probably Antonio Gibson. Now, Bryce Love is suddenly interesting, and Antonio Gibson is is suddenly very interesting to me. J.D. McKissick is a nice player, but J.D. McKissick is never going to get 16 games for you. And I think even the Riveras would know that. I think this is one of those deals where they needed somebody to come in who's got some real NFL experience to actually try and take some of the pressure off of Gibson because they don't want to just toss him out there because folks, they're going to be bad. They're going to be really, really bad. And they need to make sure that they kind of take certain steps to not get Antonio Gibson killed. So I, I, I believe that for the season, the ones you want at this point, Bryce love Antonio Gibson, and I'm just not sold that JD McKissick makes it, makes it the rest of the way. And that really is kind of like the crux of the,
0: uh, it's the point. We've seen enough of Peyton Barber and JD McKissick to know they're not good.
1: I'm not interested in Peyton I'm Barber in any way, way, shape, or form. Out.
0: Like, like they are going to get work. There's yeah. no doubt about that. It's just they're not good enough to have fantasy value. And I think that they're going to be bad enough that at some point they get replaced by Love and Gibson in some capacity. The yeah. argument for Gibson all year, as we have continued to say, is that he's the new Chris Thompson. Yes. He's the pass catcher. When he came in from the draft, there was a debate on whether he would be a running back or if they would line him up in the slot. But they really like what they have in Steven Sims. They're going to keep him in the slot. So Antonio Gibson just becomes a pass catching running back for them. Do I think he can handle the full workload as a workhorse running back? No, I definitely do not. No,
1: no, I wouldn't want that. That would be bad.
0: But in PPR, again, we're talking about Chris Thompson. We're talking about a Tariq Cohen. We're talking about a James White. In PPR scoring, you're talking about somebody that has the potential to be a back-end RB2 or, at worst, a flex. So definitely someone you should be targeting. I feel like he kind of got overhyped and overvalued a little bit in the industry uh, over the last week since this has happened. I'm definitely still in on it. I loved it when I could have him for basically nothing at the end of drafts. Having to pay for it a little bit, pay up for it, I wasn't a fan of, but like I was still able to get him at a value in some drafts. So it just depends on who you were playing with. If people were aware of the situation and who he is, but uh, yeah, Antonio Gibson, a guy I'm definitely excited about. Like I said, he's got that back end running back to territory.
1: He's also somebody that as far as the trade tables and trade values go, he's actually worth more than he is right now. So that represents some value for you. If you can acquire Antonio Gibson for, it's a little tougher this week than it was last week, let's say, because uh, of the hype train. But if you can still find a way, maybe in like week one or week two, if he starts off slow, as McKissick is still out there and Peyton Barber is still out there siphoning value, if you can weather that, you know, let them kind of deal with that and then acquire him on the cheap a little bit later, I like that. That's why he has the value of 15 in the table. It's, he's, he's, worth, he's worth taking a look at, and you might not have to pay sticker price. So you always love that.
0: So what you're saying is his value will at some point exceed what you currently have in the value chart, right?
1: Yes. More than likely. That's, that's the way the arrow well, is pointing up on Antonio. Gibson's it's
0: the other value. Way, then, would you then say that this would be an interesting time to sell high? Or yes. do you to wait and see? Well,
1: it, it, I, I prefer to wait and see, but here's what I would tell you. It depends on your team at that point. If, I needed something in another area that I was really weak in and I could get it and I could ride, you know, the kind of the hype train that's been going on for the last week. Then I might do it if I needed a wide receiver, for example, and I could get something that would really help me, then I would. But if my team is solid and he's my fourth or fifth running back and he's just kind of sitting there, then no. Then I'm probably, if I'm set, then I'm probably inclined to hold it. But we all, we all have different struggles as we know. So it's one of those deals where that's the way that I would kind of skin it. It depends on your exact situation, unfortunately, but
0: it, it always kind of depends on your team. I'm just trying to think, um, you know, what a decent comp would be like. You're saying his value is uh, 15. So if you had a wide receiver that you valued at, say, like 25 straight yeah. up it yeah. was for him, is that something that you would?
1: I would, absolutely, I would absolutely be looking at that because 25, you're 10 full basis points higher. And even though wide receiver is deeper, somebody would, that, would be, that would be the equivalent of being able to trade Antonio Gibson for the equivalent of something along the lines, to give you an example, Michael Gallup. And I would do that. If I could trade Antonio Gibson for Michael Gallup straight up, I'm inclined to do so. A different name, for example, would be T.Y. Hill. kind of right in that neighborhood. That's not my value chart per se, but that's the basis. That's the neighborhood you're playing in. You're playing okay. in that mid-20s type, ta- type of table. So that's that's what I would look at. But if you're getting less than that.
0: It depends too. Like if you drafted early, right? You got Antonio Gibson as like your fifth running back near the end of your draft because you drafted at the end of July, let's say. But you're desperate for running backs, or uh, I'm sorry, you're desperate for wide receivers. Then yeah, I could definitely see a scenario where if you already had four guys ahead of them on the depth chart, then yeah, you could you could use Antonio Gibson to. uh to kind of fill that void for you. yeah. I like it's just,
1: You could, you could very easily do that now. So it's, it's, it's a very good time to be holding Antonio. I'll tell you that right now. There's a, there's a lot of positive outcomes on that.
0: Well, cause like I was saying, like I, I love Antonio Gibson. I own Antonio Gibson in multiple leagues. I think he has a lot of upside, but to me, the upside and potential is back end RB two. To me, the ceiling for what he's going to produce is right around RB like 22, 24, somewhere in that range. And I see him ranked in people's like full rest of season rankings as RB 26. They've got it. This is a CEH situation. People are ranking him already at his ceiling. So it's hard for me to believe he can exceed where his current value is. So if I can sell him at his peak, then I feel like this is the time to do it.
1: Yeah, and especially if you're thin at like wide receiver or something given where wide receiver is right now, somebody's going to pay you like a decent level, like a 7th round equivalent type of wide receiver for Antonio Gibson right now because wide receiver is so deep. More than likely, you can find somebody who's thin at running back cuz it's just the nature of the two positions. So that that's absolutely a A totally valid way to approach it
0: there have also been some wonky moves um for those that haven't been paying attention to how the whole covid situation has played out for the injury reports and everything uh now the new system is you know because they want to kind of like bubble and keep teams together and all that you can add literally any player veteran or not to your practice squad So you've seen a lot of old veterans being added to practice squads. Also, you can IR a player for only three weeks, and you can activate any number of players off of the IR. So in the past, you could activate two players all season, but they had to be on the IR at least eight weeks. That is not the case anymore. It is only three weeks. I bring it up because Damian Harris, who we talked about a few weeks ago, has been put on the IR for the Patriots. So he will be out at least the first three weeks of the season. Many believe it is only the first three weeks of the season. He had hand surgery in the offseason that he was still recovering from. He had a great camp. They believed that he was going to end up being the lead back on the team. When Sony Michelle came back from injury, uh, they said he had an uphill battle, that it was going to be Damian Harris's job to lose. And sure enough, he gets hurt, has the hand surgery, and now Sony Michelle is back. But they have said, Mike Reese from ESPN, being the they, uh, that he will, Sony Michelle will be eased in to the job in the beginning of the season. He still doesn't look 100% coming off of his foot surgery from offseason. And uh, for me, this is going to be a lot of James White. We've talked about this several times over. You, you've got Cam, they're going to run a lot of run pass option. RPO is great for pass-catching running backs. I've had someone trying to tell me that, oh, RPO, they're going to run the RPO with Sony Michelle. That's not how run-pass options <laughs> You for, In order for it to be a run-pass no. option, it has to actually seem like they're going to pass it. You're never going to pass it to Sony Michelle. So, no. Sony Michelle is going to get very rarely used. If they do run a lot of RPO, that just means more time. For James White and apparently Rex Burkhead the first couple of weeks.
1: That's what I was going to say. First couple of weeks, Rex Burkhead investment looks a lot more impressive right now, given how this is going to deploy. Because that suddenly he was like RB60 and he's going to be a flex for the first few weeks.
0: Damian Harris is a guy that they want to have be the lead back and get more involved. So when he gets back into the offense, Damian Harris is absolutely a guy that I want to own. Uh, James White still, to me, has top 12 upside. I mean, yeah, that's he's a guy that you can own for virtually nothing throughout drafts. And even now you can probably get him on the cheap and he's got top, top 12 potential. I mean, at the worst, he's a back end RB two. cam just opens up so many options and possibilities for him. But we, we said it before cam Newton is far and away the greatest goal line running back in the history of the NFL. And he just murdered any value that Sony Michelle ever had.
1: Yeah. What was left of it? yeah that it's yeah,
0: all the only value he had was accidentally falling into the end zone and also, when they brought him in, in that room
1: aiden not bitter at all
0: yeah. just one game three touchdowns yep that's one it.
1: three touchdown game and he was awful for the rest of the year because he was awful before that too before that no i don't i don't vividly remember this no not not at all um no it's it's crazy because the Sony Michelle truthers are out here in force. They're banding together with their friends, the Ronald Jones truthers. I feel, I feel as though they are the same people. In fact, there's, they, they double down, but it's a, uh, yeah. it, man. It, it's a very interesting thing because a week ago, to your point, Mike Reese and everybody was just kind of coming to the conclusion, man, Damian Harris is actually good at football. They're just going to, that's it. He's finally healthy. He's going to go. And of course he gets hurt. And everybody on Twitter who's like Sony, who's a Sony Michelle believer, went and took a just huge victory lap all over the website. And I'm just like, what are you celebrating? This doesn't mean anything. It means that maybe he'll get a couple extra carries the first couple weeks, and then he's going to go right it back into a
0: committee.
1: Yeah, you just delayed your own execution for three weeks. Congratulations. And I love the Rex Burkhead thing because I think that's absolutely what's going to happen for the first few weeks. It's just going to be this weird platoon of James White and Rex Burkhead out there for the majority of the game. That's going to be it, folks, because they're not shy about giving Rex Burkhead the football when he's not, when he's healthy. And He's healthy right now. So this is why they carry this wonky running back system because they adjust more than any other team week to week on what they're going to do. And with this RPO, you know, offense they're installing, that's going to be what it is. There's just going to be this ridiculous amount of dump-offs that get thrown. Hopefully Cam is... <laughs> Is accurate enough to take full advantage. I'm sure he will be. So it's it's one of those situations where love Rex Burkhead right now, love James White right now. Top 12 upside absolutely for James White. Rex Burkhead's gonna be a flex, weirdly. But then in three weeks, we're gonna we're gonna watch Sony Michelle drink a whole lot of blue if Damian Harris comes back and looks anything close to right. I don't see how Sony Michelle is going to prevent his his eminent demise. Yeah, I mean,
0: like I said, yeah, if I mean, this offense is everything they've been talking about with the RPOs and the the wanting to move pieces around and utilize guys in different patterns and be be less predictable offensively than they were last season, I can't imagine Sony Michelle seeing the field that much.
1: Not unless I'm he's suddenly going to learn how to
0: catch. Yeah. Like that's
1: that's that's not never a been team. a thing. No, he's, he's all the right. big body between the tackles and that very weird, very wonky type of thing.
0: All right, but let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about all the stuff we will be throwing out for you this season. All right, Neil. So it's week one, getting everybody ready for what we're providing to you this year at dot com. You've been reading it all throughout the offseason. If you haven't go back, check it out. There's been some amazing content with a bunch of new writers that we have on the staff this year, as well as some familiar names and faces that you will remember for sure. But we're going to go in order of the NFL weeks. So starting on Tuesdays, you will have Jordan McDonald back with his weekly stock watch the players that are moving up and down based on what they've done in this most recent weekend. You'll have John Chansey and Matt Mercer doing the dynasty report and dynasty waivers. So guys, you should be looking at in your deeper dynasty leagues. So very excited about that content. Uh, And then Neil, you've got you and Wes on Wednesday and Thursday doing trade tables.
1: Trade tables in the morning, baby Wednesday and Thursday, get the latest values every week. So week ones went up today for me. Wes is scheduled. It's going to go up tomorrow morning. Those are at 10 Eastern and check them out. So, perfect timing because Wednesday and Thursday are the days where you want to be trying to f- solidify any trade offers you've got throughout the week and trying to get your lineup set. So, we're here to help you out. They're very simple. You just take the players on each side of the trade, apply the totals, and boom, you can figure out you can figure out kind of winners and losers in that way.
0: Yeah, and we have Kevin Harrison on Wednesdays doing his narrative breakers. That first piece came out today, so you should definitely go back and check that out if you haven't already. Basically, he takes one of our favorite topics, taking narrative based analysis from across the internet and just breaking it apart why it's wrong, why it doesn't make any sense, and why it's overvaluing players that shouldn't be. Uh, Then on Thursdays, you've got Chase Barracks returning with his rookie report, Nee Wallace Bruce, one of our favorite guys. He's doing a load of different things. He does his IDP stuff. He does his dynasty work. uh, His tight end pieces have been phenomenal. So anything that he does is wonderful. I would highly recommend checking that out on Thursday, no matter what the topic is.
1: I was going to say, you may be scared off by some of the subject material. Don't be, because it's fascinating. He takes all the weird, ugly duckling topics and fleshes it out in a way that people can understand, which is hugely
0: valuable. Uh, Fridays, we have some unknown guy named Jack Cavanaugh doing some fan duel stuff as well as the underdog for best balls. So (laughs) I refuse to put uh, Jack over any more than we already do. So let's move on. Uh, We've got my whole sports betting crew. you have got Mason Cameron doing prop bets as well as Vishal Gupta doing his What Vegas Likes pieces, uh, how that's impacting the lines and who they're looking at for this week. So I'm excited about both of those. If you are a sports better, then that is definitely content for you. Speaking of sports betting, you heard our affiliation with Monkey Knife Fight earlier. Daryl McKee will be doing his Monkey Knife Fight piece every Saturday this season. You may have been able to catch his first piece that debuted for us for the Super Bowl last year. So we're looking forward to doing that on a weekly basis now. We also have uh, Tyler doing the DraftKings lineups on Saturday mornings. And our guy, Aiden Ware, with his daily awareness on Saturdays. As always, we are the first in the industry with the waiver column on Sunday nights. Uh, We'll be the first in the industry as well with our rankings on Monday evenings. And Mark Baker wraps it up with his weekend recaps on Monday afternoons. Audio-wise, obviously, you know me and Neil here every Wednesday for you. You love it. You can't get enough of it, but too bad. It's only once a week. Just enjoy it while you've got it. Okay. Don't get Look, greedy. We,
1: we, we can only fill yeah. so much time talking about John U. Smith. All right. There is a finite amount of time. No, well, I don't
0: know. know. Let's, let's have a whole Johnny podcast. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk all about right,
1: it. Later. We'll talk about that off air.
0: Uh, Friday nights though, Jack Cavanaugh and the nerd, Jason Draven, They will be doing their start-sit help, getting you ready for your lineups every weekend, and then new Sunday evenings. You've got Jack Cavanaugh, John Chansey, and Nee Wallace-Bruce recapping the day. I mean, you got a little bit of everything. You've got your dynasty, you've got your IDP, you've got your redraft, everything you could want to recap the day and find out what happened. That'll be late Sunday night that'll come out, so on your Monday morning drive, You can listen to those three guys talk about what happened in the fantasy world on Sunday and how it impacts your lineups.
1: Three of the most knowledgeable people in terms of fantasy football that I've ever encountered, all together. Well,
0: two and then Jack. I I, I, (laughs) I can't again. We can't keep putting Jack over on this podcast. I refuse to do it. So that's just we got two brilliant minds, and then Jack is hosting. (laughs) He'll love that. Uh, But yeah, that is our lineup this year. I'm excited about all the content coming out, some of the new areas and the new uh, platforms we're putting out there. I'm also doing my Talking Nonsense series as well, both on our YouTube channel. Go like and subscribe there and here on the website. Uh, Other than that, everyone just enjoy your first weekend of football, finally being back. Neil, do you have any final thoughts for the people? Where can they find you?
1: Yes, final thought in terms of start your studs, going all the way back to the beginning. Ignore the fact that tomorrow's game is a Thursday night game, folks. It's the first game out of the year. I don't know who needs to hear that, but I seem to have to explain that to somebody every year. The Thursday game doesn't matter when it's the first game of the year. Okay. You can find me at nonsense underscore Neil on the Fantasy Life app and on Twitter primarily. If you would like to argue with me about why you think Ronald Jones is a good running back, I'll be there waiting with all kinds of stats and facts. And if you think Sony Michel is going to go ahead and repeat even his paltry performance of last year, I'll also be here for that for that <laughs> nonsense as well. But other than that, enjoy week 1.
0: Yeah, and again, we talked about start your studs, so my final thought will just be as we talk about again every year, don't overreact to week 1. There are always people that go off in week 1 or that struggle in week 1 and then people make dumb decisions with their lineups. Just uh, just let the week happen, reevaluate unless it's an injury or something crazy that happens. Just 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 roll with the punches. Don't don't overreact, don't get too crazy. And we'll be back here next week for week number two week two of the season but until then follow the site on twitter instagram and facebook at nonsenseff. follow us in the important nonsense community page on the fantasy life app make sure you're subscribing to the pod wherever you listen leave us a five-star review follow me everywhere at nonsense underscore steve and until next week make sure you just keep up the nonsense Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevier. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!